Hey, hello, and welcome back to the second episode of the Alexis Carrington Dynasty podcast. I'm Angelo, the commissioner, and I'm joined by Danny. He's uh, just over there. Hello. Um, before we start, Angelo, I just want to um, do a shout out to Robbie. Yeah, Obviously, that's in fine. the last in the last episode, um, I called him out for not inviting me back to the um, Yahoo League. And since he has commented on our first podcast and um, explained himself, and, and I just want him to know that I do forgive him and we're all good. And I look forward to playing with him this season. Oh, that's really good. Thanks for um, doing that. Yeah. Robbie was um, one of eight people to listen to the podcast. and uh, Eight people or... Three people listened to it eight times. Mm, no, I mean actually nine people listened to it, but I, I listened to it once. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I don't. I'm trying not to count myself. Yeah. No. Uh, and yeah, he. We also had three comments, like uh, Danny mentioned, and they were all from Robbie. <laughs> 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 so it'd be good if um, you guys just listen to it, just so I can get like, I don't know. We can get like 12 listens per episode. That would be cool. Yeah. Well, the, the aim is to get like hundreds, obviously, as we go on. But 12 would be a really good start. Yeah. I mean, maybe episode two will get 12. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Our league draft starts um, tomorrow or today, depending the time. Um, it's May 2nd. It's um, at 6 p.m. Central Eastern Time. If you haven't paid, um, please do. I've shared multiple messages on how to do it, but if you didn't get those, just uh, send me a message. I'm always available. Okay, cool. Yeah. So sh- should we go into the um, into the draft? Okay, so should we start with um, number one? I think we probably should start with number one. Yeah, so um, I don't really know what to say about football Jesus, apparently, that hasn't already been said. I mean, I was I was reading stats about this guy, and I've watched videos. He's he's been likened to Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. He's probably the the most exciting prospects in years. Some of them saying in history, it, it, he just seems he seems like a, a particular specimen of player. He's got everything according if if what you read in like blogs and PFF and <clears throat> ESPN, he seems yeah. seems pretty special. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I think going way, not way back, but three years ago or four years ago when he was coming out of high school, he was, uh, I think, the top or one of the top-ranked um, quarterback prospects coming out of high school in the U.S. And he also went to one of the, I guess, one of the better programs in the States as well. I mean, he went to Clemson. Um, what's really crazy is he got there. He immediately started the guy who was there with, um, you know, who was there previously, this guy named Kelly Bryant had a 19 and two record as a starter and had just taken the teams to the playoffs. But the head coach basically tossed this guy aside like an unfaithful husband, uh, trading <laughs> his wife for a younger model with, uh, you know, blonde hair. And, and then the guy just went crazy and put out, uh, a super impressive uh, true freshman season. So basically like that, what that means is there's uh, no red shirt, right? He came in as a freshman yeah. and then he played that season. 
And I mean, they beat Alabama. So that's pretty remarkable in the national championship. Yeah. Well, I was, um, I saw a video of him. Now, if you bear in mind, so he's, he's coming in to essentially take the place of Gardner Minshew. And you look at Minshew's stats for last season. If you look at the rushing stats for last season, he rushed for 153 yards last season, 29 attempts. And I saw this one video of Lawrence and it's it's this one play. He goes, he pump fakes to the right and he rushes against Ohio State for 73 yards. Um, but his change of direction is just, it's incredible. It's kind of Cam Newton-esque. So he's obviously got a lot more than just an arm. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, the Jags last season were terrible, absolutely terrible. But it'll be interesting to see how he comes in and, and takes the helm. Yeah, I mean, I think on top of that, you know, you said he's got an arm. Uh, everything I've seen and read about him, um, you know, between the ears, he's super smart, right? So he's, like, yeah. he's a football savant, can read the game, um, can d- dissect the defenses, can throw on the run. So he's pretty, it's pretty much um, a complete package. He's also, like I said, top flight athlete. Um, there's nothing really sneaky about his speed or his power. Like you can see it. He's fast. Um, yeah. I mean, he's six foot six, 220 pounds. And so that makes him pretty hard. Like you said, a, a similar to Cam to bring down on like a first contact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think actually you mentioned earlier that, you know, you, some, they're kind of comparing him to, uh, Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning. I mean, I think maybe we could even don't have to look further than last year. I think, um, he's built kind of similar to, uh, Justin Herbert. Um, and he definitely matches him, maybe exceeds him on the arm strength, strength, arm talent. Um, and I think he has a little bit more ability or wiggle room, a bit wiggle ability, I guess is a better way to put it, to create with the the ball in his hands, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, d- you definitely don't see him hiding in the pocket, that's for sure. I think yeah. he's, um, he's very explosive. And it'll be interesting to see how he kind of gels with um, DJ Chark as well. Because I think yeah. he, he played really well last season, even though he didn't really have... I mean, he was one of the top performers and I had him in my ESPN league. So I, I know that he was kind of keeping me afloat. So it'll be interesting to see if, if he does... If Lawrence does explode, it'll be interesting to see what impact that has on Chark as well. Yeah, and I think the other thing to think about, the dude's been like super um, consistent... You know, he doesn't really, and, and actually the other thing that's interesting with the new head coach at Jacksonville, it might be that they run a lot of RPO, yeah, which they did at Ohio State. So I think that'll give um, Lawrence a lot um, of opportunity to use his skill set properly. I mean, I don't think, we all know, I mean, I don't think he had like the best single season performance out of these this group of um, QBs in this class. But I think, like just what I said, what makes him really special is how consistent he is. And I think if you would think about it, ever since he stepped on the field as a true freshman, I mean, he's never had a season that could be categorized as like anything less than very good. And I think that's what's important here is that he's, and that's what makes him a really nice um, pick, is that he's consistent um, and it's pretty valuable to take, right? So, you know, if, if we were having a rookie-only draft tomorrow, 
he should definitely be going with the first pick, at least in my my opinion. Yeah. And what do you think, taking into account, obviously, our league, would you put him above more seasoned QBs in the draft for our league? Um, maybe. I mean, you'd have to kind of... Who who what, what what do you mean like seasoned? Obviously, someone that's been in the league like three or four years. Yeah. So if you consider the starting QBs across the league, and you consider how Jacksonville performed last season, um, would you put him above, say, a mid-tier QB? Obviously, discount the the higher end QBs. So I'm not talking Cam. I'm not talking uh, Dak. If you were to go kind of mid-tier and you were looking for maybe a, a QB2, would you take him? Um, as like a second in, in this in the super flex league that we have? Yeah. Where you can start two QBs? Yeah, yeah I would take him. Um, not exactly 100% sure where. I guess I guess he would go in, in, in this startup. I could imagine him going in like the fifth or sixth round. So you'll see maybe maybe a little later. I don't know. I don't know how everyone is going to draft, but I would think um, he might be. Yeah, I don't know. Or, or maybe people are more interested in taking some of the more um, proven point scores. You know, they're, maybe they're happy with I don't know an eighteen, sixteen points. I don't know. You know, it just has to see. Yeah, I guess it goes back to what you were saying in the last podcast where it depends if you're looking at winning now or you're looking at winning long-term. I think long-term, you definitely want to have him in the mix and maybe pick him up now. But maybe if you wanted to go for something quicker, then you try and pick up a proven QB. Yeah, sounds good. So if we move on, pick two, Zach Wilson. Yeah, to the Jets. To the Jets. I mean, How does he stack up, do you think? Um, I mean, it seemed like this is where he was going to go um, for the past few months anyway. Um, so I don't think it was a surprise, but it could be like, <laughs> I guess it could be like his worst nightmare, right? On last Thursday, he got selected probably um, by one of the worst franchises known to man, I think, yeah. in the NFL. Um you know, all these, the, the front office is just horrible. Um, the situation on the field is pretty bleak. The Jets were ranked 31st in pass blocking a year ago. Um, that's also per PFF. And even with um, Alaya Vera Tucker added to the squad, <laughs> they're going to be a shithole again, I think. Yeah. Um, the only good thing here is that Wilson can create outside the pocket, but there might not even be a pocket for him to even get out of. Right, based on this uh, pass protection, yeah, and of course you've got the. If you look at the um, what he's used to, and you look at where he's coming from, he's not he's not used to getting very quick disturbance in front of him. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think there's more than with him. There's more than just this year to look forward to. But I mean, I think a lot of the other QBs are probably set up. The, the the incoming QBs are set up much better to succeed in the short term. So, like someone like him, I don't think it's going to be. This is my opinion. I don't think it's going to be something 
incredible, like the first few seasons. But who knows? I think um, I, I would have had him like in between, I don't know, Fields and Jones somewhere. So, yeah. you know, but I mean, then Trey Lance went number three anyway. But even if we're, if I think about it a little bit further, I, I wouldn't consider him a, a top eleven option, like in a in a startup draft, I guess. Okay. And what are your views on Trey Lance? Because obviously Trey Lance, it's it's an interesting one because he, so the third pick was going to Houston, then it got traded to Miami, and then it went to the Forty ers Obviously, the 49ers are your team. What are your thoughts? All right. So, Trey Lance. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, he opted out, basically, from the 2020 season. So, in um, 2019, he had a, a, a really good season. I mean, some people will say, oh, well, the, you know, the, um, the competition isn't as great. It's, you know, different. It's, not, it's a different type of school. But, I mean, his 2019 stats, he passed for 2,786 yards with a 66.967% completion percentage, 28 touchdowns, uh, zero interceptions. He had 169 rushing attempts for um, 1,100 yards, averaged uh, 6.5 yards per carry with 14 touchdowns. And then um, in 2020, so COVID year, crazy, everything was nuts. Uh one game he played in, 149 yards, 50% completion rate, two touchdowns, interception, 15 rushes, 143 yards. Uh, it's a nine-and-a-half-yard average per rush with two TDs. Well, the interesting thing is, I guess, for him and something to keep in mind is that the 49ers are set on Garoppolo, aren't they, for this season? So there probably won't be that much space unless Garoppolo goes down for Trey Lance, at least to start with. He's probably a, a good a good option in the long run, but I, I don't I don't know how much kind of fantasy value he'll have to start with. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah, that, that could be the case. But I think when I look at certain things in this particular league and the setup we have, you know, you might draft him. Um, I don't think, I think he'll go before, I think he'll get drafted you know, well before the 25th round. You know, I think he'll go somewhere well before. Yeah. Um, definitely super athletic. He'll fit really well into the Shanahan offense. Um, super powerful runner, actually. You know, he can throw the ball off platform. He can throw the ball deep. He's got a pretty good awareness in the pocket. Um, good mechanics. He, he the, I think something we talked about earlier though so if we talk, I talked about uh, consistency you know like Trevor Lawrence has always performed well you know basically if the you know the Jaguars this guy uh, 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 <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has won right he's always won yeah so you know if, if he, the Jaguars basically have to go 17 and0 otherwise he'll lose like his first game. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. kind of ridiculous. But yeah, Trey Lance, um, consistency is probably a, uh, you know, I, wouldn't, I guess a negative. He can, he can flash some greatness. 
um, but definitely against tougher opponents. He doesn't, he, he, he can't do, he either folds or does really well, right? He can't just be steady. Yeah. He's definitely a project quarterback as well. So he's got all the gifts and traits, but it's the a project quarterback always means consistency um, is the main issue. And then if you look at it as well, I mean, his 2019, that's a one-year wonder, right? Which is great. I mean, it's incredible. Um, and people, like I said earlier, they're going to say, oh, well, those are FCS players, whatever. We see small school quarterbacks succeeding all the time. Eh, you know, but who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's actually, so um, looking at kind of the size between the size difference between Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. Trey Lance is two inches shorter, but he's a little bit heavier than um, Trevor Lawrence. So it's um, it's interesting to see kind of the difference between the two when it comes to actually surviving the pressure and whether they can actually stay in the pocket. Because like I said, I don't think Trevor Lawrence would stay in the pocket much. Um, I think he'll be a lot more dynamic but it'll yeah it'll be interesting to see what kind of game he plays because looking at videos of him he's quite um energetic he's he's a runner as much as he is um a strong arm similar i guess to lawrence so i i think like you said both of them will definitely have potential i definitely think lawrence has potential sooner than lance I think Lawrence will be a starter. Lance obviously won't be because the 49ers are going with Garoppolo to start with. But maybe longer term, Lance will have some some potential. Yeah, I think even... Um, I think his contract is up. Garoppolo's contract, right? Yeah. Uh, next, ne- season? next season? Yeah. yeah. I think. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I think you're right. So who next? Um... Next, I have um, an interesting uh, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, tight end, Falcons. That's right. First round, um, fourth pick to Atlanta. Um, first tight end, highest drafted tight end ever. Yeah. At that, you know, so it's the highest a tight end's ever been drafted. And apparently, he's the best receiver in the draft as well, um, with one of the highest red zone percentages. And that'll be very interesting. And I mean, I've looked at different outlets, ESPN, PFF, NFL.com. They all rate him as a tight end one, even as a rookie. And that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, he can line up all over the place too. I mean, it's because he's also six foot six. He has speed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't just run these inline. He's not like an inline tight end, like running uh, just routes over the middle, shallow ones, and then catching the ball and falling down. Yeah. He's super dominant on the outside. Uh, basically, if you took like Zach Ertz's uh, hands, pretty sure, you know, like sure hands. Um, and then if you mix that with an athletic profile that was like the opposite of Zach Ertz, You'd get this guy Kyle Pitts, yeah. And then yeah, and yeah. if you consider he's also got Matt Ryan, who I mean, as QBs go, he's got a pretty good arm. I guess the the only the only downside might be the fact that he is in a team with Ridley and Julio, and that was something that hurt. Ertz. Yeah, I think um, 
yeah, he, he, he'd probably be more of, like you said earlier, he's more of a wide receiver than a prototypical tight end. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe a good comp would be like a Darren Waller type. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it is simple, right? He's like I said, he's six foot six. He plays. He's he's super speedy. Playing. He's in a position as tight end that you know he's routinely seeing mismatches against uh, smaller or slower defensive players. And I think week in and week out, he'll definitely have the advantage. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Really, uh, you can make the argument that he's the best pure receiver in this class. So like guys like Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, uh, even the Heisman winner, uh, Devante Smith. I, I think this uh, Pitts is just size, speed, agility, overall dominance might even make him the more intriguing prospect out of all those guys. Um, yeah, you know, his, I mean, even we don't even talk about his blocking. We like multidimensional tight ends. I mean, someone like him, super elite, like, does it even matter? And he has, yeah. uh, and I think he has like a Darren Waller upside, right? Yeah. I mean, he can be a wide receiver. He doesn't have to play tight end. I mean, he ran, he, they, he ran, uh, what is it, in the four fours? Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm drafting him if I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll draft him. Well, then go ahead. How about um, that? Yeah, do that. I mean, I mean, like you know, I'd rather I take I take a shot on that. I mean, yeah, tight ends may take. They normally say like a typical tight end takes, you know, between two and three years to fully mature in the league, get into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other thing too, I was seeing, he's got um two outfield gloves on, right? Like his hands are huge. Yeah. Like his hands are like uh ten and five eighth inches. Uh, I don't know what that is in like other measurements, but I think I don't just, know. They're pretty good. Yeah, uh, Megatron was nine and seven eighths. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins are ten flat. Yeah, and then with those hands, he's got an eighty-three inch wings, wingspan, so an inch shy of like uh, seven feet. Um, and I guess another comparison there would be like T. Higgins came in at eighty-one. Calvin Johnson had eighty-two inches. So the guy's a freak. And I, I don't even know if he's like objectively the best tight end prospect of all time, but I, uh, for me, I'm like he's the most he's he uh, he's the most confident I have felt about any um, like pass catcher that could succeed in any in in these past couple of uh, classes. I mean, I don't know how many linebackers can keep up with that uh, four four speed or uh, safeties taking on his frame and length, and it's just going to be all mismatches. At least that's how I see it. So, and the positional scarcity, it's just going to make him shoot up the boards in any of in our startup draft. Yeah, and look, I mean, with, with those kind of numbers, he's going to be drawing double coverage, which will also free up space for the likes of Julio, and I think that's that's going to mean quite a lot for the Falcons as well, not just for him personally, but I think for the wider um, setup, I think it'll it'll make a big big difference. Ah, cool. Sounds good. I mean, I had another tight end. I um, I did some looking at as well, but I don't know. Which would be um, Pat Fryermuth. He got taken in the uh, second round. Um, he's going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he came. He played at Penn State. Um, yeah, his nickname is Baby Gronk. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> so I think the funny thing there is like, uh, you know, if you're a baby Gronk, um, then that's even a miniature, less verse version of Gronk, but you're still a savage, right? Uh, but he's uh, he's not really miniature. He's uh, six foot five. Uh, he's about 260 pounds. He's also the type of tight end that'll give safeties um, nightmares, probably. He's definitely not an elite blocker, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's he's a bit of a receiver, but he doesn't match up with Pitts, you know, the guy we just spoke about. Uh, so he's he's pretty quick on his feet. Um so he's got some really interesting the cuts, cut-ins on his slants are pretty good. It's not something you see often with tight ends. Um he's catching everything, you know, his hand strength uh, is like a is the same as like a tenured uh, coal miner, you know, is pretty strong guy. Yeah. 260 pounds. Yep. He's nice. a big big man. Yeah, and I think where you'll see like a difference between like, you know, Gronk and baby Gronk <laughs> is the uh, yards after catch. <clears throat> like Fryermuth is a good athlete, but I think Gronk was an alien with the ball. So I, this um, Fryermuth doesn't doesn't gain a lot after the catch. So he'd be similar yeah. more to like a Hawkinson. He'll make some guys miss, but not because he's really agile. It's more like he's a bully, you know? Yeah, well, he racked up 310 yards in four games, 23 catches on 37 targets. I mean, those are big numbers. 310 yards in four games. I mean, granted, okay, the opposition will be what it is, but that's those are pretty big numbers. Yeah, and I think he's really good at reading these um, zone coverage. So he finds the soft spot in the zone and he can sit himself down right there. Um and that's probably, yeah, I, I'd say that's like the best thing he does. Uh, but I mean, when I say that, I mean, he's really good at it. So it does, and that doesn't mean he's not good at like a, a lot of other things. Um, because that ability to, will also help him, I think, be uh, become a, a starting tight end on Sundays or Thursdays or Monday, whenever he might be playing with Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, now that we got the tight ends out of the way, I thought it would be kind of, we should probably jump into some of these um, receivers. Like with mm-hmm. the, the fifth pick was uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, yeah. Yeah, I mean, from, yeah, do the shit, the shit's easy, right? People try and make it harder than it has to be. This dude is the most recent example of like this kind of stuff where people are like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah. He's the former winner of the Belitnikov. He's still, without a doubt, I think the current current top wide receiver of this 2020 class. You know, he sat out the 2020 season. Um, I guess I don't know to fade all this COVID nonsense. Mm. It was like a boss move. <laughs> like he's like basically, I think I'm gonna sit this out and let all you other receivers catch up to me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, look, he's. He's reuniting with Joe Burrow, and they played together in college. He's a great pass catcher. Yeah, he's maybe a little bit on the short side because he's not very tall. But AJ Green, obviously out of the question now. So he does have room 
to make some space for himself. Yes, he's he's in this in the same team as like Higgins, uh, Boyd. I, I think he can make a name for himself pretty quickly, and I think he's he's got maybe not straight away. Um, if you consider that Higgins and Boyd both had a hundred targets last season, they're going to be they're going to be looked at by Burrow. But you definitely have he should definitely be on the radar. I think he's he's going to be one of those people that I'm going to be looking at for my pick. Yeah, I mean, I would say I I, I mean, I think six foot. 208 well 208 pounds i'm not exactly sure to me that's more like a that's a pretty nice frame for a receiver you know he's six foot um i I would agree everyone should be jumping at him to build their dynasty squads around he's got good blend of size speed strength i mean you know i read online or you watch these videos and these people are like uh he isn't a polished route runner he's not fast enough to beat corners deep and sometimes I don't know what a lot of people are watching. I'm no expert. I'm just a common man, you know. But I don't know how you can like arrive at that conclusion when you watch this shit on YouTube, or just watch some of the stuff. He was, I mean, what I saw, the guy was routinely beating uh, corners on big plays, while making you know even some of the best defenders in the SEC look, look you know look like kids in a schoolyard, right? It, it's like Ronaldo playing football with four-year-olds that's what it looked like (laughs) (laughs) you know but then i think these people are probably that are saying this are doing their best like fucking uh, bird box impression yeah putting youtube on putting the blindfold on um it's kind of silly you can't knock a guy with his build on route running it's like it's 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 weak um you know i think he's got a really good route tree um he creates separation at the catch point. He's a physical receiver. Um, he, you know, yards after the catch ability. He's just like AJ Brown, you know, I think similar. So his play strength is really incredible. He doesn't really, he might not put people on like skates, you know, and break their ankles, but he creates enough space between them and the defender to allow the QB to drop a pass in. Yeah. Well, you, you just need to look at his uh, receptions versus targets in 2019. I mean, the, the, the percentage is pretty high. And yards per reception, 21, that's... I mean, yeah, I if mean, he can replicate even some of that, I think. Yeah. I mean, to be... To, I think you're right. And I mean, to even be fair, right? Most people, including myself, don't know a damn thing about assessing route running ability. Yeah. Because I have no idea where a wide receiver should be on a given play. I mean, actually watching a YouTube clip of like future accountants getting burned on the field doesn't make someone like a film savant, right? <laughs> I think, I think, I, I think, I think um, this whole like route, I'm going back to what I was saying earlier. I think the whole route running thing um, is a bit like overrated. Well, it is because if you think about, I mean, people like you and I can speculate on the routes that are being run. But, I mean, they're playing against professional athletes in defense who their sole job is to try and identify where the guy's going to run, and they can't do it. So (laughs) it's um, you're going to struggle to to understand if he's running the right routes or not. Exactly, and that's the thing I'm trying to say, is like people get obsessed with route running, and then they end up... um, 
overrating certain prospects while missing out on elite ones. Like my comp for um, this guy here is uh, DJ Moore. But I mean, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf were all knocked for like route running as prospects. You know, but I mean, you have this guy, Van Jefferson, who they said was like, oh, he's a route running god. And if you can't even get a, 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 a Pringle chip, you know what I mean, for him in a trade. So you can be the judge of what really matters. I think Chase is made for today's NFL with the kind of skill set he brings. He can win the ball in the air, create on his own after the catch. He's basically like any any fantasy owner's uh, wet dream, I think. <laughs> I'm sure his, his route running will get better and he'll develop better routes. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd rather bet on him right now. Yeah. See, the, the one um, receiver that I would say arguably could be a very close second, if not on par, is Devonta Smith. Oh, let's talk about him then. Yeah, because um, for, for me, and again, I mean, this is this is educated by stats and educated by um, videos. I see him as an incredible specimen of wide receiver i think he is he is going to blow up big time and uh, you look at his stats for 2020 season he had oh this is the the slim reaper i think yeah 117 receptions and 145 targets three drops on those 117 receptions so yeah 23 touchdowns Ah, okay yeah um so you said 23 touchdowns 952 yards after the catch, 271 yards after contact. Yeah, I mean, I think at any point, if you, I mean, I, I watched a little bit of college football this past season. And if you watch, this guy was like, I mean, here we have a DAZN and it's a streaming service. But yeah, he, I mean, the guy was just embarrassing any and all college defenders that lined up across from him. I mean, he won the Heisman Trophy. He was the fourth wide receiver to do it in its 85 years of existence. Uh, first wide receiver to win since 1991. Like you said, dude's a gazelle. Yeah. He's super. He looks flimsy, but it doesn't matter, right? Like people say salt and sugar look the same, right? So I don't think this guy lets his size dictate what he can do in the football field. If it's a contested catch, he's going to go for it. And I mean, he played, <clears throat> yeah, he was at um, Alabama, you know, he was one, he's the best wide receiver there. So the, 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 that whole offense ran through him. He's uh, super shifty, full of burst. He's a game breaker, just like you said. Uh, yeah. And I think his senior season, and you just you just ran through the stats a few minutes ago. That's probably the most impressive pure statistical season ever at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, and I think part of the thing is, I, I think a very casual fan will say like, "Yeah, crystal clear top wide receiver. He won the Heisman, you know, in the national championship game against Ohio State. He went a." Uh, he had 12 receptions, 215 yards, and three touchdowns. That's a big, that's like the biggest stage. You know, I mean, the guy did everything. And these raw stats can become irrelevant, though, up to a certain point. You can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I think I like a lot of things about him. Um, but if I had to think of like mm, three reasons 
you might have to think about it. Like, eh, I don't know. I mean, rarely have we seen a 175-pound wide receiver succeed at the NFL level, at, at least to like a ceiling that would warrant like um, wide receiver one consideration. Definitely not impossible. Um, he can bulk up. I mean, you've seen it happen before. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people will also say like, oh, but he didn't do anything when he was a freshman, when he was young. But then, I mean, he was competing with Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Irv Smith, and Henry Ruggs at at, uh, at Alabama his freshman year. So there's a lot of mouths to feed. And, you know, those guys are all in the NFL now. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I don't think that, yeah, still... But he's an exciting guy to watch for real. Um, so I think my ne- my next two are just running backs. Who are we talking about? Uh, Najee Harris. I think you know. Um, you hear this sometimes when you watch. So this is actually the first year I started watching like a lot of YouTube videos. Um, just because there's loads of content. Um. And if you just kind of want to learn about QBs or even just different formations in this, there's loads of like just cool, um, you know, channels that you can watch these on. So they always say like normally like tape doesn't lie, right? And it just, I always thought it was a bit of bullshit. Like, oh yeah, the tape doesn't lie. You know, just that's how they, that's how um, some of these guys defend, like I guess guys yeah. that aren't producing, but they have good tape. So Najee Harris, I mean, the guy gets the ball in his hands. He can do everything. He can juke. He can truck. He can carry these uh, defenders like a sack of potatoes. Um, he's sick as a receiver out of the backfield. He could probably line up. He doesn't get just like screen passes. He can threaten at all levels of the field, which makes him really exciting. And I think you'll see him lining up at the slot, maybe at the as even wide, out wide. And... Um, made loads of acrobatic catches. I'm not sure if you've seen any of them. But yeah, I have. Made, yeah. I have. I mean, he was also the top-ranked running back coming out of high school, and that was even ahead of uh, Cam Akers, who's now in the NFL. Yeah. And this is another serial winner. So, Well, Harris has been likened to um, Matt Forte for his pass-catching ability. He's only dropped... Three times on eighty-five targets, uh, eighty-three targets. Sorry. So yeah. he's 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 good. He's good at catching as well, which in today's game is is very important from the back. Yeah, and I think um, what I like about him as well, um, like I said, he's a serial winner. Um, he had this really high ranking coming into college, and he had that pressure, and he still went to Alabama. Um, he exceeded expectations, balled out his like last two seasons. And it's I think it's always difficult to live up to expectations when they're set really high. And so I think when you see someone who can uh, meet those and exceed them, then that kind of gives you a good, a good insight into like the mental makeup of this kind of person. And I mean, even if you watch some of his interviews or um, live chats that he does sometimes, you get this really good feel about the guy. You know, he just seems like yeah. a team player anyway. I think Alabama, their first pro day, uh, he got canceled or his flight got canceled or something. Um, he wasn't even participating in the drills, but uh, he still went and drove the nine hours so he could support his uh, teammates. 
like I think a lot of people probably don't care about that kind of stuff, but I, I, I like it. It gives me a little bit of insight into um, a player's work ethic, the character, and the mental makeup of him as well. So his character, in my in my opinion, is second to none. And then you know this dude's on the field, and he's just a <laughs> he just runs with purpose and violence anyway. So yeah, but you're right. It does say a lot about the the, the character of a player. Um, what they're willing to do for their team uh, on and off the field. Um, I mean, his, his running ability is unquestioned. The, the numbers speak for themselves. 1,464 yards, 26 touchdowns, 43 receptions on 53 targets. I mean, they're, they're big numbers, but what makes you stand out... Um, and I guess what the Steelers have to look forward to is his dedication to to the team, his dedication to his growth, and you can't you can't fake personality. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. I think another thing too, you you mentioned uh, Matt Forte. I kind of um, Najee kind of also reminds me of like um, maybe not the current Le'Veon Bell, but Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, um, yeah, old school Le'Veon Bell, Steelers Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, like old school, um, five years ago, whatever, you know. Yeah. Not not like a tower. He's a, you know, another towering presence. He didn't really have like that, like breakaway speed, but he could get things done with like a th- overpowering size. Yeah, strong legs, low center of gravity. Yeah, this deceptive agility. Yeah. Um, they have a really patient running style, like really good at timing uh, their runs and, you know, using their blockers and getting the most out of them where they can. He might not like hit the same levels as um, Le'Veon Bell as a receiver, but I think he's got the skill set to 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 at least attempt to do such a thing. And he, I would say he's, in my opinion, uh, by far and away the most complete uh, like three down back. So Bell cow with like, yeah. I mean, some people might say like, but he's already twenty three year, years old. They're like, I don't really care. I, I like him. Yeah. No, I agree. And who was who was the second person? Yeah, so it's uh, Travis Etienne, uh, first round pick, uh, with the twenty. Sorry, first round uh, at the twenty fifth pick by the Jaguars. So he's going into a backfield that has Robinson and Carlos Hyde now. Yeah. So the coach said oh, he'll be the third down back. So that could be just coach speak, whatever. Um, this dude's. A fucking explosive missile. He is very fast. <laughs> Was it four point four at the combine? Something. Um, or one of these pro days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he might be small, but his skill set isn't small. I mean, he mm. sees a hole. He's flying through the fucking thing. Uh, he's got those. You know, like you just said, breakaway runs are an elite trait. Um, that can those can definitely overcome like any lack of volume he gets. You know, just because he's smaller, he might not get as many carries, but he has that ability to just pop off. Um, and then I don't think you'll see in the NFL, you know, a lot of instances where a 205-pound running back will get 15 touches plus in a game. Yeah. But if you can take one carry for 67 yards to the crib, then the volume argument is null and void. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, throughout his college career he's had a lot of exposure to the run game he had 
at Clemson, I think he had 85 runs of 15 yards plus. That's good by anyone's standards. Yeah, of course, right? It's, I mean, I've heard some guys when they're, you know, from these, always, I'm always watching these YouTube videos. Like, I, I kind of find it a bit ironic. Like, you know, he's a pretty seasoned guy. He's been four years at the college level. <clears throat> but his thing is they talk a lot about his, 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 like, he's still borderline raw in his running style. So like his, I guess his vision, they say is like inconsistent. He's always trying to hit the home run. So like get these like pop off and get a 67 yard yard, you know, like these just yeah. huge runs instead of just taking what's given to him. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think it actually came out a lot. More, sorry. I have a little dry like throat. <laughs> it was an issue that got exposed, I think behind a poor Clemson um, O-line this year. So they, you know, which they really couldn't. They, the blocking wasn't just as good as it could have been. So, but I mean, I, I, I think it's a bit silly because if if vision was so poor, then they wouldn't average like eight yards per carry, or if their contacts balance it was like below average, they'd be doing five point five yards instead of six point eight on every carry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I sometimes just say like let these let the numbers walk and let you morons talk. Um, yeah, and you're also talking about a back that led all backs in the country in 2020 for receiving yards, 588. I mean, his his game's diverse as well. It's not just his running game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these guys, they all talk like even uh, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, you know, these old, old guys watching YouTube highlights with bad vision. Then they talk about elite running backs having bad vision. It's like... It's pretty embarrassing, but I actually Travis Etienne for me, I would compare him to like a Alvin Kamara style. Yeah, yeah. that's a good analogy. All right, yeah, I think that's. There was another thing I wanted to speak about, but I'll just save that for the uh, next episode <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> um, we're still hoping to get uh, Alan on here. He offered to come on. Robbie is also yep. interested. Danny. That's great. He said we should try and get um, Matthew to come on with him as well. So we'll we'll try and do that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. So let's get let's get as many people as uh, as we can. It'll be the more the more the better. I think the more people we can get on, it'll be a lot of fun to talk through it all and and get people's opinions on how things go in and how the drafts go in and ideas and what picks they might be prioritizing. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, and I have, I even have um, really great just get to know you questions, you know. So, <laughs> so like speed dating questions, we can all yeah have those. No, but yeah, um, tomorrow or Sunday, I guess is a better way to put it. The the draft is starting. Um, going through this whole thing again. If you haven't paid, please pay. That's great. You know, everyone else is paid. Um, Twenty four hour clock danny is first on the clock i think what's important is and i've said this a few times put your sleeper notifications like set them to on so you'll actually get alerted when you're on the clock that's pretty basic uh hope you guys can do it um just keep it moving i'm really looking forward to getting this league off the ground getting the teams picked and just getting it going right let's have some fun um, I know it's still early in the season. You know, the NFL draft is going to finish up 
and we're just going to put together our teams and have a great, great time. I don't know, Danny, if you have anything else you want to say. I'm really looking forward to it. I feel like this is going to be a lot of fun. It's a new format, um, I'd say, for the majority of guys here. Hopefully, I'm doing a good job. Um, we'll see how all my settings work during the season, and we'll just go from there. Um, yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. Um, I I'll be honest. I have absolutely no idea. I'm torn between four or five players for tomorrow, but luckily I've got 24 hours to make a decision. So um, yeah, I'll um, don't I'll use get the thinking. full 24 hours. Oh no, certainly not. No, 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 no. 23 or under. I I would prefer like maybe you just take two minutes tomorrow and then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be a fantastic season. I think it'll be the first of many fantastic seasons for the for the league um, and very happy to be a part of it. That's true. And if anyone uh, is interested in writing anything for the newsletter, Josh mentioned it, but um, he can always reach out to me again. I'd like to know what he'd like to write about. I'll give him a space in the newspaper. And uh, that's it from me. Stay Cooler Plus. Super Cooler Plus.